Hey everyone, welcome to JoJo's World. Why, hello there. I'm not sure if I left our preceding conversation in, but we were just talking about Final Fantasy Origin, Stranger of Paradise, which we completed last night and are obsessed with. We are literally consumed with chaos. We're consumed speech. by chaos. It's like we cannot we stop. We hate it. I can't stop it. thinking about it. Like, it's As you good... said, it, it, it sets up a, um, you didn't say this in these words, I'm making it worse okay. and less pithy, All but right. it, um, it sets a baseline of just being a jokey, meme B-movie story. But it pushes through that to sincere, emotionally engaging storytelling. By the end of the game, I was like, oh my god, he can't, he can't he do He did the it thing. for his friends. Oh my god, he did it his way. He did. Oh. And the game both opens and closes with the main character listening to My Way by Frank Sinatra. <laughs> the song that arseholes play at their funerals. And the song that people keep singing at karaoke in the US and getting assaulted. <laughs> Wait, what? And murdered. Oh, let let okay. me look it up. That makes I may have sense. looked this up on the podcast before, but but we're in it now. I'm Liam S. Smith, one of your co-hosts. And I'm Nick Ballantyne, the other one of the co-hosts. This is our Frank Sinatra podcast, <laughs> where we're today we're exploring the My Way Killings, a social phenomenon in the Philippines. Excuse me, I got the country wrong. Completely referring to a number of fatal disputes which arose due to singing of the song My Way, popularized by Frank Sinatra in karaoke bars. What? A New York Times article estimated the number of killings to be about 12 as of 2022. Wait, wait, so this was recent? Or? Between 2002 and 2012, numerous people were killed for singing this song. What? Explanation for these incidents differ from the song being simply frequently sung among the nation's karaoke bars where violence is common, or to perceived aggressive lyrics of the song. Fascinating. You know, the song about how you... Did it your way. And you're kind of smug about it. And you're just like, they said it couldn't be done, those bastards. Butch Albalachin, Alba, Alba the owner of Center for Pop, a Manila-based singing school, mm-hmm. believes the lyrics of My Way increase the violence. The lyrics, as he explained, evoke feelings of pride and arrogance in the singer, as if you're somebody when you're really nobody. It covers up your failures. That's why it leads to fights. Interesting. That... Doesn't really make sense in the context of Final Fantasy Origins Stranger of Paradise, but... Doesn't it? I don't know. (laughs) You're a stranger, you're nobody, and yet you're somebody. This is our JoJo's World, JoJo's Bizarre Adventure recap and discussion podcast, where today we're recapping and discussing one of the most conceptually loaded episodes of JoJo's Bizarre Adventure, or maybe television in general... (laughs) Uh, episode 25, Bohemian Rhapsody Part 1, which covers uh, chapters 697 through 700 of the manga. This is only three chapters of the manga. Like, four. This is only four chapters of the manga. And we have this many guest appearances by this many strange and unusual... Really cramming them in. And that's not even getting into the ones that the anime couldn't depict for copyright reasons. <laughs> oh my god, What? Wait, so then how many are we missing? We'll cover, we'll cover it in due course. Okay. Nick, what did you think about this episode? What a fucking... Ep- like, on, in so I, was many just, ways. I was watching you out of the corner of my eye during our watch and your jaw was basically dropped from <laughs> about 10 minutes in. Yeah, literally when we start getting into the weird parts of this episode, I'm like, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> like, A, how is this some kind of stand attack or stand battle? B... How are we getting away with this? Surely you've learned by now that a stand attack can be basically any bullshit you want it to be. (laughs) Oh my god. I can breathe water. 
but only a certain kind of water. Pure only sand salt water. water. <laughs> only salt water. Mm -hmm. If it's distilled water, it doesn't have enough room for the air. But you see, salt is crystallized. Crystals. We've got to bring the light back to the crystals, God, Nick. The whole game is amazing. <laughs> like, I really. Maybe we need to do a pod. Maybe in the off season we can do a pod about. Stranger of Paradise. Yeah, or maybe um, we can pivot to like being a Final Fantasy Let's Play channel or something. <laughs> I don't know. We, we, we're going to explore. I think we're going to explore some new options in the off season. Once we finish yeah. Bubblegum Crisis, of course. Of course. Of course. It's like literally if we do a Let's Play of anything, it'll be like, today we did two random encounters and then had to like... And that was the end of the 20 minute video. Yep. That, that was it. We'll figure some stuff out. I'm playing a lot of Final Fantasies right now. Final Fantasy Pixel Remaster mm -hmm. just came out on the Switch and I bought them all and I played... I don't know, two thirds of one, Wait, four times what? XP and four times Gil, baby. Ah, I see, I see. <laughs> I was like, that was really fast, but it's also a short game because it's super old. Wait, how long is it's it? From the NES. I thought it was still like a twenty-hour game. Oh yeah, it's like twenty, thirty hours. Yeah, well, not that short. No, but I spent the weekend in Denmark last week. Oh, much okay. to do. Yeah, yeah, fair. Not Denmark, Denmark. No, but... Denmark, Western Australia. Yeah, Nick. Yeah, JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. Oh, we love it. We yeah. love it. Do we have a new patron? God no. Good. God, I wouldn't bore, I, would, I would I would spit on a new patron if they dared to be in this episode. <laughs> I wouldn't like load this episode this particular episode. I wouldn't load any patrons. I wouldn't up. say load this already heavy episode with repeated digressions to a video game we've recently played. <laughs> Which is barely related in any way to the source material of the thing that we watched. I would say it has a JoJo attitude. Jack is basically Jotaro. Well, yeah, but it's a very different kind of Jotaro energy in that Jotaro is still like, oh, I'm actually just going to beat you. Nick, Whereas... shut up. Oh, okay. That's right, I lured you into talking so I could tell you to <laughs> shut up so I could do our signature segment where I share with you words of wisdom <gasps> from the author of JoJo's Bizarre Adventure, yes. Hirohika Araki. Full disclosure... Uh, we had to delay our recording, so I can't quite remember if we uh, did this one last time or not. Well, if we did, now we do now it again. Now you get to enjoy it again. As you can see, Hiroki Araki is uh, wearing some handsome spectacles and giving <laughs> the okay sign while holding a big olive. <laughs> I don't think that's meant to be the okay sign so much but as But it's like really... he's pinching the olive in his fingers, so his hand is making that shape. Yeah, he's really accentuating the olive. For research, I went to the city of Orlando, Florida. It's a city full of theme parks, and in that regard, it's quite strange compared to the rest of the world. Stranger of paradise. <laughs> in short, I'd say that it's a city where people's hopes and dreams have taken form. Even the weeds and puddles seem to have been planned and constructed, and all the people walking around seem to be happy. Usually that kind of thing makes me feel anxious, but it actually felt like a place where I could calm down and relax. Did do That's this. nice, Araki. But like, maybe we did do this last time, but through the lens of, of a video game we just finished, now it feels very different. Also through the lens of what's happening in Florida right now politically, it uh, feels a little grim. Big yikes. But also through the lens of the first episode where we get to see more of Florida. Other, than, other than in flashbacks. Uh, yeah, we now see anything but actual Florida. <laughs> There was a bus stop and a rest stop and some roads. Some signs. There's no, a hospital. No, no real um, landmarks, though. Yeah, no architecture or infrastructure to speak of, so much as the There was the Lucky Land of. convenience store. True, true. 
but not much else. <laughs> and also the Lucky Land um, Hospital. Yeah. <laughs> Which is like, Lucky Land owns a lot yeah, of Yeah, the Lucky things. Land uh, Corporation. Yeah. Big luck. <laughs> big luck. They, Florida is the lucky <laughs> land. That's what they say. <laughs> Nick. Yes. We're going to open this episode. Okay. I am ready for it. Long, useful recap, because it's been, a lot, been probably about a month since we watched the last one. Yep. They're, uh, they're going to... They're going to escape prison. Poochie's going to Cape Canaveral. To the Kennedy Space Center. Yeah, at the time of the new moon. Which if we if we don't go to fucking space... Liam, if we don't end up going to space, I'm going to be shocked. I'm going to be... Li- shocked and appalled? I don't know about... Look, I probably won't be appalled, but I will be shocked. Okay. I'll be shocked and confused. You feel like it's really building up towards a space fight. Yeah, it's really getting to the point where someone or something is going to space. When you say go to space, like, to what degree do you think the characters will go to space? Do you think that they're going to fight Poochie on the moon or something? Yeah, more or less. I think that's probably what's going to (laughs) happen. Like, something like, they'll be in spacesuits floating in the dark void of space. Famously, Weather Report already created... um, a space suit for Jolene in that episode where the factory became a vacuum. There you go. There you go. We've already got a way to make a space suit. They've already kind of fought someone in space from that perspective. But now it needs to be actual space. Yeah, they've been in the simulator. Now it's time for the real thing. Yes. Jolene and Hermes are standing on the shores looking back at the prison they've just escaped from. And they're like, wow, when I first got sent there, I thought it was awful. And now I think, ah. It, it was, was the, even worse. It was the worst. It was the worst Fucking prison. Place. The real prison was that prison we were in, they say. <laughs> um, Emporio's there and he's like, oh, look, a petrol station. I think, he says a gas station because he's American. I think Emporio says, I've never been on a bus before. And, and that's like, a bus stop. Are we riding a bus? I've never been on a bus before. Because he was born in the darkness. Yeah. See, we were merely moulded by it. And the darkness melded with our emotions and became chaos. <laughs> we are not getting past this game. Uh, it's going to be unlistenable if you haven't played the game. But you should. It's fun. We're going to... And now on Steam. We're going to divide our listeners into people that have played Stranger of Paradise and have not played Stranger of Paradise. And it's going to divide them exactly 80-20. Yeah. <laughs> so they're like, oh, maybe we can't get on the bus because we're wearing prison uniforms. We can't track down the priest on foot. What are we going to do? Jolene dramatically... Yakuza tears off her uh, Green Dolphin Street emblazoned coat. Uh, To reveal an ascendant To reveal that she's jacked. (laughs) She's been jacked the whole time. But now we know. Oh, you're right. It's no longer... (laughs) Um, I recently completed video game Lost Judgment. uh, And also the uh, sequel DLC, The Kaito Files, where you play as your good friend Kaito. Um, Is he the Korean... Nope. Uh, is he the washed up detective guy? No, that's Yagami, the guy you normally play as. Is he? No, isn't there another one who wears like a brown coat? Oh no, he was a he was a um, washed up ex teacher, uh, and I won't go into more on his his whole deal because it's not relevant. Okay, is he uh, the homeless guy? No, that's Nanba from Yakuza Like a Dragon, a different video game. Mm, true, true. Kaito is your burly ex Yakuza friend who wears like a floral orange silk shirt at all times oh okay is that just his shtick is that it, he's it's just kind of his fashion sense you know he dresses like an ex yakuza oh okay all right anyway um what i was gonna say is uh in the, the last fight of that dlc campaign which is actually a not against the villain of it in a weird storytelling move um but 
there's this like nerdy doctor who was kind of a character in it, but wasn't really a big deal. Uh, and it turns out he's the last fight of it. And it's like, this doesn't really seem like a super exciting yeah. last fight. But then he does the shirt rip and turns out he's incredibly jacked. <laughs> That's quite a funny moment. Is it like the whole time he's like sitting like this hunched over? Well, he knows, you know, he knows karate. Okay. Um, and but you don't. You've, you you never really fought alongside him to a great extent. But are we talking when he rips it off? He's like he's wiry like, he's, strength. No, or? he's he's fucking thick. <laughs> but like he's not. You don't see him in his packed out form. Well, he's wearing a suit the whole time. So there's layers, you know. But is it like um? Oh, what's his name? Senator Armstrong, where he's still like puffed out the whole time, and you see him, you're like, oh, that's a big guy. No, not really. So so he's like a normal. I would say he's got a fairly normal build for a man in a Yakuza game. And then he rips it off. And he's excessively jacked. Okay, all right, all right. So it's like literally a full transformation from, oh, okay, he's just a guy, to, oh, damn. I mean, most most man in Yakuza games are reasonably, like, they've got strong builds. Yeah. But, yeah, the level of muscle definition. Oh, okay, okay. And his huge biceps. Now, see, this is what gets me, right, is that if... so. If you're anyway, yeah, Jolene is doing that. Yes, <laughs> she's jacked. And there's a new opening this week, which we're gonna skip. We're gonna cover that in a future episode because there's just a lot to get through in this episode. <laughs> but I will just point out, I will just highlight the moment in the opening where we get a brief shot of Emporio holding a gun, firing it repeatedly. <laughs> but like on top of that, yeah, Emporio, a gun. On top of that, everyone. And I mean, everyone keeps looking at the sky. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, if we don't go to space. And the final confronting Poochie shot of it, I want to highlight as well because it's very cool. It's it's classic boss battle mm-hmm. arena shit where they're standing in the ocean, but it's super shallow. And there's like a lunar eclipse or something going on. Yep. Or it's the new moon, I guess. Yep. Uh, but that's classic boss battle arena shit. You know, shallow mm. ocean, the sky up above, the moon's doing something weird. The crimson sky. Yeah. And the sun behind Jolene uh, <gasps> symbolises her light, while the moon behind Poochie symbolises his evil intent. Ah, it all makes sense. Yep. But more on that next time. Meanwhile, the boys are suing <laughs> weather reporter like, Ugh. Where's Jolene? Oh, she's escaped to prison. All right, let's break you out of the prison too. Why didn't they bring us? So they just they just leave. They just yep. they literally they leave, just leave. They leave off screen. Like no explanation how they got out. Like honestly, but... we basically could have escaped any time he wanted to with his just his going things and dismantled from from the inside out powers. Yeah, still just a weird decision to be like. But that. crucially, at one point, Anasui grabs weather report from the back of the. The shirt, Scruff. he pulls it a bit and sees... What does he see on his his uh, shoulder blade, Nick? He, see, he sees a Jojo mark. A Jojo a, mark? A Jojo star. One of the Joestar family's In the spot where marks. it goes. And it's like, what hang do, on a second. What do we make of this? So... And it's who he says. A star-shaped birthmark. What exactly are you? I saw the same birthmark on the back of the green baby's neck. And I've heard Jolene's father has the same mark. So... Weather Report kind of shrugs it off and is like, ah, oh, well, I, I can't remember, but we just have to find Poochie so I can remember. Yeah, but what do you think? So I don't think this is Jotaro's son or daughter. Like, I don't think it's going to be that. But is it related? Well, maybe the age doesn't really match up. Yeah. But, but I mean, is it related? I don't know how much older he is than Jolene, I suppose. Yeah. But could it be related in some way to Dio? 
Dio. Dio. Dio Brando from the 1800s. Yeah. So, because we know that um, Giorno Giovanni also had... Giovanna. Sorry, Giorno Giovanna also had... The Mark. The Mark. So could it be that Dio was, you know, getting around a bit? Getting around. Just, you know, getting having a, busy. Having a bit of a good time, you know, back in the back in the bloody 80s. Everyone bloody was. Um, and then maybe gave... I a don't few... think Father Pucci would approve of that. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, maybe gave a few genes to a few children, if you know what I'm saying. Wink, wink. Uh, would, you like, would you like me to check weather reports age for you? Yes. Yes, I would. Because it hasn't been too long since part five, so who knows? I do. <laughs> so you no, you don't. You have to check online. He's life. 39 years old, so he is too old to be fathered by Dio in, uh, in the lead up to part three. Interesting. Interesting. So, hang on. So this is set in 20... Uh, 2005-ish, I think. Okay. So, like, 2005. Maybe 2009. Yeah. yeah. Around that decade. Somewhere in that range. He's 39, which means he would be in the 1970s, 60s-ish. Um... That's so strange. Okay. So it couldn't be fathered by Dio. No. But I think you've hit upon an interesting idea there. Yeah. We'll see how that bears out with future characters. (laughs) (laughs) Um, (laughs) I'm being real subtle. (laughs) (laughs) So (laughs) Just, Just as I like, let's see... If we'll see who's whose son. <laughs> um, so maybe he's like a, a related cousin or something. Because there's so like Jotaro or Josuke or Jono. Well, like, like it wasn't just Jonathan who would have the birthmark. It's a Joestar family line thing, right? Yeah, I mean, it didn't start showing up until uh, part three or four. But but yeah, yeah. retroactively. Yeah, I suppose. So. Yeah, but it's like, it's just going to. I remember. It's just going to be like, oh, part of the Joestar family line could just go multiple directions so maybe like a distant cousin hey jolene it's your cousin uh marvin cujo marvin Cujo. you know that new stand you're looking for check this out so so all all of these cousins are each named something that's like i'll never i'll never defeat i'll never defeat poochie by myself luckily i've called all my cousins (laughs) but it's gonna be like wouldn't it be hilarious if every one of them has had their own weird adventures or bizarre adventures? I've been fighting werewolves since the 1800s. You can call me Gojo because I'm Gordon Joestar. Honestly, I hate that. <laughs> and like every single one of the cousins is a different O. Yeah, yeah I really star. hate that. Oh, I love that <laughs> so much. But no, um, so, okay, so if he's not Dio's son or fathered by Dio in some way once he got Jonathan's body, it would have to be something like a cousin... Or not, not like a sister or something. Or another uh, Josuke situation. No. Uh, oh. Oh. Well, how old's Josuke at this point? Two thousand nine would be like. I'm not saying he's Josuke's son. No, no, I'm no. Saying, but... You know how he was jo- yeah, yeah, Joseph's yeah. son. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. Well, he was Joseph's son, wasn't it? Well, maybe. Yeah, maybe. I don't think they'd do it again, though. Like, Araki <laughs> wouldn't pull the same shit twice. He'd be like, no, we're always coming up with new ideas here. Although he does forget everything. No, he doesn't. He does forget a lot, though. Like what? Uh, like how... Um, I'm, I'm going to bat name? for Hirohiko Araki against the Araki um, Forgotten. Oh, name. what's her name? Holly? It's, no, not Holly. Before Holly. Um, Lisa Lisa. No, Jonathan's wife. Erina. Erina was in the coffin and used it to get sure. back to land, but it was still in the ship. 
No, I think maybe Araki forgot the I mean, ending. That was a fuck up. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, I, I, won't, I won't defend the coffin situation, even as that one book tried to retcon it. <laughs> Unless there's something that Araki's like, no, no, see, they then sent the coffin back. Yeah? You're following me? Like, no. Well, they did. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe, okay. My, my guess is whether Report is some kind of cousin or... If, if it's not Dio's son, then it's a time clone. Ooh. No, I don't think there's any time shenanigans. So, I don't know. But it's a weird one. Okay. Meanwhile, Father Pucci is feeling unwell. He's been feeling ill this whole time. And he's in a taxi going to Kennedy Space Center, as you do. As you do. At midnight or up whatever. To, up to Cape Canaveral. Yeah. Uh, and he's hearing about how Jolene has escaped from prisons. Oh no, she's coming after me. I've got to do my thing on the new moon before they kill me. And then, oh no, the taxi. It has technical difficulties. And the driver's like, got plenty of plenty of gas in the tank. This has never happened before. I'm sorry, Gov. I, I always get maintained. I never miss a maintenance check. They're three miles out from Orlando, Florida. The meter is at $33.33. A copy of The Three Musketeers is in the book. Like, that is just uh. such like such a hat on a hat. Like, oh, no, there's a book that says three in the taxi, too. <laughs> like, you can, I can buy... Like, the well, number the, three? The, om- the recurring omen of the number three mm. from the meter and the mile marker. Mm. But that book was always there. <laughs> Well, it should have it, like fallen over, open to page thirty-three or oh, something. But Liam, you got to understand, it was this taxi that had the three musketeers oh in my it. God. All three of them. Yeah. I mean, I suppose when the stand kicks off later on. Oh no. <laughs> so he's getting out and walking. I've, I've been unwell. It's five days left. I've got to figure out a way to keep my enemies away. Oh, what's happening over there? Bunch of ambulances. So three ambulances show up one by one. First one has like some random in it. Second one has like so a drug addict. He's in a it. robber. The police shot him in the. I don't know why they're speaking like that. The police shot him in the leg. Then he jumped off the sixth floor of the building. Six. That's divisible by three. Three is a prime number. It is. This one's a biker gang member speeding on the wrong side of the road and lost control. This one's a drug addict. He's in shock. That's three people. So there's three guys. We see this one here wearing some sort of cow print gimp suit. <laughs> Wait a minute. It's not a gimp suit. It... Oh, no, there is a mask. Oh, <laughs> well, that, that's the oxygen thing they put on his face. No, no, but it goes all the way up. He's <laughs> got a chin strap sort of situation. That's even weirder than... Uh. So they're, they're wheeling these three stretches in and something falls out off each of the bodies. Uh, so uh, there's, on, a, there's a ring with a, a skull. skull ring falls off someone's hand. Yep. Uh, a coin falls out of someone's pocket. And the bullet dislodges itself and rolls onto the ground. And all three items roll on the ground and arrive at Poochie's foot. Three of them. Uh. And he's like, uh, an omen. And then suddenly he's grabbed by a guy from behind with a pair of scissors at his throat. But there's only one guy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The scissors have two blades. Oh my god, that's three <laughs> things. <laughs> three things. You know, you can only remember three things in your working oh memory. Oh my god. All been leading to it's this. It's all been leading to this. <laughs> so the the drug addict guy is like, "Hey, no one make a move, or I'm gonna fucking stab this dude, and you're all gonna regret it." And all all of so each each um ambulance was preceded by two police officers on motorcycles. That's why there's a heap of cops here now. Immediately, yeah, three of them. No, four. <laughs> there's like there's six of them at least because oh, okay. each of them was preceded by two. Well, that's divisible by three. Exactly. It's a prime number. Oh, it's not what that means. <laughs> 
Wait, six isn't a prime number at all. <laughs> I'm not going to go to prison for doing drugs. I'll kill this priest. <laughs> that's basically what's going on, right? That's good. <laughs> that's a good, that's good logic right there. Poochie looks up into the sky and sees three shooting stars. And I think at this point, Poochie's like, oh, I'm God. Nick, tell me what you think is happening with all this three stuff. Uh, I literally have no fucking clue what the three stuff is. I just think Poochie is literally like, oh, three, I'm God. Like, I literally think that's what the, the takeaway from all this is going to be, is Poochie just saying, oh, so I have three of things. That makes me God. Like that's the Father, Son, the Holy Spirit, the Trinity. Three. Oh, yeah. It all adds up. Yeah, I guess 12 so. apostles. That's three times four. Yeah, that's not a prime number, is it? Mm. But all of their stories are in 30 place. pieces of silver for Judas. Uh, silver. Three weeks in the prison. Let's look up the numerology of the number three, because oh, there's not enough God. going on in this episode. Here we go. I'd love if it's like... We're having fun today. I'd love if it's like, three is a good number, but with bad omens. I ever tell you about the time that um, no, I was going down the escalator at JB Hi-Fi in the city. This is from astrotalk.com. Go on. I reached maybe like the halfway point of the escalator and the dude at the bottom, you know how they kind of have the bouncer security guard guy who's scanning all of the, the receipts? The, yeah, all the receipts just to make sure you've actually paid for what you paid for. He gave me like a weird look and I was like, okay. Come back when I'm about to leave. And he stops me and he's all like, hey, you ever heard of numerology? And I was like, okay, what? He's like, yeah, because you're carrying a math textbook. And I went, oh, yeah, I am. Um, and then he told me a lot of shit about numerology that made me go, what? So he was like, yeah, man, numbers have power. You know, numbers, they're powerful things. They're powerful objects. And I was like, okay, but you mean like, like they have like logical power? He's like, nah, man, like I'm telling, like they have energy, you know, they've got like, like I was listening to this podcast where they were talking about it. And I was like, okay, go on. And we talked for like 10 minutes about numerology and how he was like, you know, it's the energy of numbers. You know, you got to cover your house in certain number of things. Oh, no. to make, and I was You've like, got to make 1,000 paper cranes. It was something crazy. Like, if you have eight of anything in your house, you'll be cursed. I was like, okay. okay this is from numerology.com. The number three is one of nine very important single digit numbers. Now, I'm not a math major. But if I remember correctly, there are only nine single digit numbers that aren't zero. The three has a tendency to thrive in an upbeat and engaging atmosphere. Its energy is youthful and positive. Does that and mean? And it has an incredible zest for life. What does that mean? The three. The prize skill of the number three is communication. The three is highly original and embraces unique thinking and creative expression. Strengths of the number three. A communicator through and through and shines in all forms of expression. Mm. It's bursting with thoughts, ideas, dreams, and musings. The number three is the ideas person. Quote, unquote. Yeah. And by sharing these notions, it attracts supportive energies that can turn ideas into plans. But that sounds like me. The number three is also naive, unfocused, and shallow. I would say overall, this does not relate to what we've seen in the episode. The number three tarot card is the Empress. <gasps> and you all remember about the Empress from when we covered the Empress. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She was um, stuck on old Joe's uh, yeah, arm. Old Joey Jojo's arm. Yeah, and he was all like, I'm gonna die. No, I'm not. 
Bleh. And she was all like, yeah, that's how every JoJo fight goes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna die. Wait, no, I'm not. I won. You idiot. You thought I was gonna die. Classic mistake. The guy. The he, drug addict. He's gonna jam the um oh, he's such the a, scissors into he's, Poochie's neck. He's such a seven. And then Poochie looks into the sky. He's like, I saw three shooting stars in the sky. Uh, do you know what that means? And the dragon's like, no. And he I don't. says, where did you come from? You don't know what you are, do you? And then he, of his own volition, jams the scissors through his throat <gasps> and then calmly speaks to <laughs> the guy. And he says, no, you didn't do that. He's just, he's got these scissors jutting out of his neck and he's standing perfectly still, speaking in an incredibly normal tone of voice. And he's like, no, 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 you have to understand. This only went, th- this, this only this missed is, my nerves. They're positioned a mere millimetre away from severing my nerves. This is a coincidence. It just so happened to stab me in a way that isn't fatal. What will you do now? And this guy's like, uh... Before you decide, do you believe in gravity? Now this bit really, this this is interesting. Yeah? Because what the fuck is Poochie talking about in terms of gravity? Gravity, quote unquote, gravity. There's a gravitational force that draws one person to another. I have become a believer in this very moment. What the fuck does he mean? You cannot kill me. What the fuck? You are here because you were drawn in by my pull. Stop wasting time on drugs. <laughs> with the Poochie method, you can redirect your energy to the things that it's intended for. What do you do? Three. The guy's like, fuck this, and tries to run away. And the cops fire three bullets <gasps> that don't strike him. Or maybe they do, but they instead strike the, the no sign. running sign that's in front of him. Poochie, stand- Poochie pulls the scissors out of his neck. He's fine. Uh, and he says, you must not know who your father is. And then uh, this dude just kind of wriggles his way and out of the bushes. And starts to glow with green ominous sex energy. Mm. And we see on his back a Jojo mark. Dun, dun. He's got a star on his left shoulder. Nick, what do you make of this? I, I, I would have thought that this would be like a Dio kid situation, right? Where Dio's been getting around and just having sex with a lot of... A lot of hot young babes. human women. Yeah, and being all like, you shall be the one to produce my progeny. And then like a week later being like, uh, I don't like this one anymore. You know what, you, uh, classic vampire. The guy like oodles away into the bushes and we see that same no running sign and the no running man is now missing from it. Hmm. The outline's there, but but he's gone. Yeah. What? What? But he's so blocky. How could he walk? How could he run away when the sign was about no running? How could he escape the confines of his small circular sign? Meanwhile, an old man drops a can of peaches outside a rest stop toilet. No! But weather report catches it. Oh, like, oh, Sonny Jim, I've got a bad knee when it rains. Uh, and weather report's like, when it rains? When it rains? When it rains? Hmm. Well, there's no way I can help you. Goodbye. Uh, he goes and gets into his car. And Anasui's like, hey, stay away from other people. We are escaped convicts. And uh, weather report's like... They argue back and forth about, are we going to take the bus? Are we going to steal a car? They can't do anything Mm. because they'll be at track. We don't want to uh, interfere with uh, Jolene's ability to find the priest. So then um, the old man's like, you guys, you were so nice to me. Do you want to lift the next bus is an hour away? And we can see there's a little halo of clear weather around him uh, where it's not raining on him, but it's raining everywhere else. Because weather report is a nice guy. It's just a chill, nice Mm -hmm. guy. So he has to be a Jojo. Whereas the other guy... But JoJo's aren't nice guys. They're all universally jerks. No, no, no. Other than 
my friend Josuke Higashikata. No, no, no. And Jonathan Joestar. They're all nice deep down, but they don't want to show it, mm. you know? It's Except like... for Joseph, who's just kind of a cunt. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he's got some problems. So, yeah, the guy is lit by God rays uh, because of weather report, and uh, they get into the back of his car. But as they leave, we see the man sign from the men's toilet is missing. Wait, but the outline's there, but but the man is gone. Where did the man go? But if he, where did he go? Where did the man go? And then we see uh, a highway sign. They're heading north on Route 1. But the one's still there. Yeah, so. numbers aren't characters. Hmm, it's weird. So Anasui and uh, Weather Report are just road tripping. Big, big bag of box of peaches. <laughs> yeah, it's just a lot of boxes in this ute. Yeah. Uh, the They're old like, man's kind of driving. With a... Anasui's like, Jolene better be safe. You know how I feel about her Weather Report. There's no kind of weirdness happening yet. They're, They're just heading sort of... north. I can. He can sense that she's headed north with the wind. You'd think so. But you're wrong. More on that later. What? Um, and there's a big box of magazines for Orlando attractions. Now, it's kind of weird because even this front one is missing something on the cover. Yeah, it's some sort of moon man. <laughs> like the... the Is it the... The it, DreamWorks moon man? No, no, no. Is it the McDonald's or... Oh, uh, Mac tonight? Yeah, 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 yeah. The one, the guy that plays piano. With the moon head? Yeah, with the moon yeah, head. Mac tonight. Yeah, that's yeah. not what we're looking at here. Oh, okay. There's a famous theme park in a city up north. Uh, there's a scene cut from this sequence or a subsequent one. The famous the famous Bohemian Rhapsody meme where oh, Anna Sui is flicking through the theme park guide. Yeah. Uh, and he's, uh, he's really angry because none of the characters are in it. And he says, look at this weather. What a crappy guidebook. None of the characters are on it. I want to see the Disney characters, goddammit. Where the fuck is Mickey? <laughs> Amazing. So, yeah, Mickey Mouse goes missing in the manga. Okay, alright. So, okay. So, notably here, they keep sort of referencing... Oh, even you would recognise some of the characters. Yeah, they say... Even you would know one, what's going on. There's uh, one character who's especially famous at the park nearby. Maybe you'd recognise him. That's where, that's where that conversation would take place. What the fuck is Mickey Mouse? I want to see the Disney characters. I'm an escaped felon. Imagine, like... <laughs> Listen, I was in... Anasui is such an adult Disney guy. <laughs> Imagine, like, you've murdered, what, like, 20 people or something? Disassembled his girlfriend, I yeah, think, if I remember right. Yeah, you've disassembled your girlfriend, and then you're like, I just want to go to fucking Disneyland. I want to ride Space Mountain. Do they have Space Mountain there? I've never been. I don't know. Probably. Um, I want to ride the Scooby-Doo 3D ghost, co- <laughs> go- ghost Coaster at Movie World on the Gold Coast. I want to go on the Pirates of Caribbean interactive ship ride. I want to dismantle the weird, realistic Johnny Depp animatronic in amongst all the other real cartoony pirate animatronics. I want to attain heaven via the Mickey Mouse and Goofy fun ride roller coaster. What if I told you they're not going to space, but they are going to Space Mountain? (laughs) (laughs) What if I told you Disneyland is a lot like four poles on the edge of a cliff? Shut up. (laughs) 
When you think about it, the plot of Strange, Stranger Paradise Final Fantasy Origin is a lot like four balls on the edge of a cliff. Well, yeah, because there's four, four crystals, crystals yeah. on the edge of a cliff. But what if we kept adding more crystals? Uh, there's a little gnome or a little elf or something darting around the truck bed. Kill him! Just out of sight. But we can see it's little gnomey hat. We need to end that man's life. So it's it's making very cartoony. Like, whoop, whoop. Yeah, and leaving very cartoony, like, air trails behind it. It's very unsettling yeah. given it's the like tone. It's like a Tom yeah. and or a Jerry has gotten in this yeah. uh, truck bed with it. With them. It's very odd. Uh, and Anasu is like, look, there's an enemy aboard. He uses Diver down to grab it through a crate that it's hiding in. And it's a really fucked up looking little Pinocchio doll. And Anasu is all like, hang on a minute. I recognize this character. And Pinocchio is all like, oh my god, so you recognize Pinocchio, you know me? He's got huge bug eyes, sharp teeth with gaps between them. He looks oh. a bit like, and this makes sense conceptually, he looks mm. a bit like the puppet that the devil possessed back in part three. Puppet that the devil possessed. Remember the puppet pu- the puppet stand Polnareff fought in a hotel oh. room? Yeah, very vague. I can't remember Every exactly devil. what it looks like. I'll show you. Remember it happened. I don't remember. It had it similar like. teeth. Yeah. So all possessed dolls in the JoJo's universe all have gnashy teeth. Ah, yes. The hairdryer. Um, okay, let's talk about Pinocchio briefly. <laughs> so Pinocchio... We all know the story of Pinocchio. But what if we don't? Then... We'll figure it out. So, from memory, there's this there's this guy, Geppetto. He is some kind of doll maker yeah. guy. He wants to have a son, but he's got no wife, so he makes a son out of wood instead. Mm. And then one day, that a wooden boy... A fairy brings the puppet to life mm-hmm. and gives it a talking cricket to guide its way. Jiminy. Yeah. Uh, and together they go on some crazy adventures. They, there's a There's a... Like a sleazy carnival guy. Mm-hmm. There's like a fox. There's yeah, that's what I'm thinking of. Uh, there. If he lies, his nose gets bigger. Yeah, there's some donkeys. It's kind of disjointed, isn't it? Well, the if you, yeah, you go ones. to yeah. Child Island or whatever, yeah, and you drink the beer and be a generally rowdy boy, smoke some cigars, then you turn to a donkey. Yeah, yeah, that's it's like a morality play. Yeah, that's normal real life. And then you get eaten by a whale to save your puppet dad. Yeah. And then that turns you into a real boy somehow? Uh, I think it was like, because you grow up, quote unquote, by learning, oh, but it's not just about me. You know, it's like there are other people that I actually have to care about. Like, I can't just be a kid all Does the his time. nose still get bigger when he's a human boy? No. So he can lie all he wants. Yes. That's now, the real value of so growing up. So it's like, up. as long as you demonstrate morality once, you're off the hook for all other morality. <laughs> There was a recent Pinocchio movie, wasn't there? Two, yes. in fact. Guillermo del Toro did one. And there was another 3D Disney one, which I haven't seen, but was very bad. Awesome. Uh, and famously, there was a scene that of uh, Pinocchio looking at some shit, and it cuts <laughs> away in a way that very much implies that he just, like, rubs his hand all over it. Oh, no. The name Pinocchio is possibly derived from the rare Tuscan form Pinocchio, pine nut, or constructed from mm. pino, pine tree, pine wood, and okio, eye. There you go. There you go. Anyway, Pinocchio keeps claiming that he's a friend to all children. Yeah. Because in this, I think he kind of is. He's no friend of mine. (laughs) I'm not a child. Oh, you're not a child. I'm an adult. Yeah. You're a grown man. You've got to start acting like it. How many podcasts do you even make? The nose is mentioned only a couple of times in the book, but it reveals the blue Perry's power over Pinocchio when he acts disobediently. After the boy's struggling and weeping over his deformed nose, 
the blue fairy summons woodpeckers to peck it back to normal. Hmm. Well, that's kind of fucked up. <laughs> Imagine if, like, because this is the equivalent of, like, oh, yeah, anytime you lie, your flesh nose will get bigger, and then I get, like, some vultures to come and peck off your nose. Yeah, it's like how, um, Ugh. like, in original The Little Mermaid, like, every step she takes on Earth will feel like she's walking on broken glass. Yeah. But we, we gloss over that bit, yeah. you know? I'm um, just having a quick skim of the original Pinocchio story to see if there's anything especially grim in there. Pinocchio throws a hammer at the cricket, accidentally killing it. Yeah, there's some shit. <laughs> Sorry, Jiminy. Sorry, Ewan McGregor. Because I know that the... Wait, Geppetto went to prison? <laughs> yeah. What? Why? I don't know. Nazi things. <laughs> Making a human puppet. <laughs> Illegal. I know that um the, the book... Uh, he is caught... Um, by a Carabinieri, who assumes Pinocchio has been mistreated and imprisons Geppetto. Ah. And Geppetto is released from prison and makes Pinocchio a new pair of feet. I know that the book is very, like, here's a bunch of stuff that happens and every single adaptation thereafter combines elements mm. of the things. Yeah, that makes sense. Because um, there's a lot to cover. Yeah, the fox and the cat here are just a normal fox and a normal cat. Yeah, but they talk. But there was also a villainous puppet master. Yeah. I think there's something like the fox and the cat keep messing with Pinocchio and then Pinocchio eventually is like, you know what, I don't trust you anymore. And then they die. Or something like that. The fox and the cat disguised as bandits ambush Pinocchio, robbing him. Hmm. After a while, the fox and the cat get tired of waiting for the puppet to suffocate and they leave. There was some... I remember there's something in there like someone tricks him and gets him to do something and then later tries to do again and Pinocchio's like, nah, it's not happening. (laughs) I I swear it was the fox. I don't know. Mm. Uh, I'm not really seeing... Actually, let's skip to the end. They become donkeys. It's a puppet again. Terrible dogfish. Mm -hmm. Oh, the dogfish. Wasn't Monstro originally. It was just a big fish. After long months of working... This is how the story ends. Mm -hmm. After the long months of working for the farmer and supporting the ailing Geppetto, Pinocchio goes to town with 40 pennies he has saved to buy himself a new suit. Bloody cheap back in the day, I tell you. Tailored (laughs) suit for 40 pennies. Oh, mate, back in my bloody day, if you had 40 pennies, you'd be able to afford a bloody house. He discovers that the fairy is ill and needs money. Pinocchio (laughs) instantly... (laughs) (laughs) I can magically turn you into a real boy. Oh, but I'm sick. <laughs> but listen, if if you've got if you've got any spare cash for the pokies, I I could really use some. That he discovers the fairy's ill and needs money. Pinocchio instantly I mean, gives deep with some bad man. <laughs> <laughs> Pinocchio instantly gives the snail he met back on the island of busy bees all the money he has. That night he dreams that he is visited by the fairy who kisses him. When he wakes up, he is a real boy. His former puppet body lies lifeless on a chair. Oh. The fairy has also left him a new suit, boots, and a bag, which contains 40 gold coins instead of pennies. Geppetto also returns to health. Why did the fairy need pennies (laughs) if you can make gold coins? (laughs) Like, Just sometimes these stories when you're just like, so you have magic powers. Yes. Why can't you just do this with magic? Oh, we couldn't possibly do it with magic. Like, but why? They speculate who the stand user could be. Oh, we're back to... Yes. <laughs> I doubt it's this old man. He has no reason to stage a happenstance just to close in on us. Which is exactly what stand users always do. They just stage a happenstance. Yeah, like um, Dan of Steel, pretending to be the kebab shopper. <laughs> oh, man. I forgot that was Dan of Steel. We had the whole thing as well. Like, the whole... The whole haggling tutorial. Yeah. I think about that a lot. Oh, man. Just as you felt Jolene's movements, the priest must sense yours, says Anasui to Weather Report. He could be sending enemies after 
Thomas. They interrogate Pinocchio. Uh, he does the lying thing. Smacks. Almost almost knocks out Anasui's eye. Yes, yeah, smacks Anasui with an elongated nose. Then he explains that he's Pinocchio and that his nose elongates. You must uh, recognise me, right? You must know who I'm I am. I'm a friend to all children, even though I look fucked up and I'm kind of naked. He kind of looks like Dobby, but... We don't talk about Dobby. But darker. A dark elf, you see. (laughs) The king of the dark elves. The king of the dark elves, my god. But we can't remember who he is anymore. When you were a boy, were you a fan of me? I think you were. As he's choking him out. I saw three of the seven are there earlier under that apple. And we see this big red Delicious, juicy, succulent Granny apple. apple. No. Uh, A pink lady Or a red delicious... Is that a type of Fuji? A red delicious? I think so. Gold delicious, maybe. Wait, is that real? Yeah. What? No, no. This, no, because there's wait, there's Granny Smith, Pink when, Lady. Like, we, we've gone down some digressions in this podcast. <laughs> we are not listing every type of apple. But, but, oh, that just seems like a ridiculous name. Whether uh, sorry, uh, diver down snatches up the apple, and under the apple are some boys. And this is. There is one there are the seven greatest. lads on his shoulders who are all they've all got one eye they've all got little Smurf hats mm. and they all look a little strange and but, this but they're be, kind of just bros this might be one of the greatest framing like like one of the best yeah so it's just like the mise en scene of what's happening it's here all is, like not inverted colors but the contrast is incredibly bright yeah. and uh, there's like evil aura behind them, the apple in the foreground and just these bros on his shoulder being like it's safe to eat. Honestly, he's examining it with this, like, disgusted look on his face. Snow White bit into a poisoned apple. It's just lodged in her throat. She didn't digest it. Who eats a random apple from a random old lady? Anyway, that's what I say. (laughs) We're even wary about Valentine's Day chocolates. (laughs) It makes us want to protect her. And then she falls out of a nearby box. Now, she looks wearing little alien antennas. Oh, yeah. So weird. Now, that box is tiny. That box is tiny. There's no way she could fit in that box. But magic. Magic. Stand magic. Uh, Anasui's like, what the fuck is going on? So, it's this dialogue. Who are these weird seven strangers? Calm down. There's no need to panic. What did you like as the child? This is Pinocchio. Did you have a favourite character? I bet it was me. And then cut to the, the, the seven dwarves. One of them is like, I'm a fan of the T-1000 series from the Terminator. So, so just to confirm... These are the seven dwarves yeah. from Snow White. Yeah. And One t- of them likes the T-1000 from Terminator. And the other two are like, we love Chewbacca. <laughs> not to mention the Elephant Man, oh, who is not God. a character. That was a real guy. I'm that was a real sure. guy. But from the movie, the Elephant Man. But Snow White is the best of all. Oh, Snow White. People like to speculate that we're involved, but we're just good friends. So what's the deal with Snow White? Snow White. I mean, so if I remember right, I know, she... I know a little bit of. I've, I've read a bit into the history of Snow White and Rose Red in the past. Ooh. Um, but it's all a bit vague. If I remember correctly, the main thrust of it is that she eats an apple, gets sent to bloody sleep. Well, if we're talking about the uh, the Disney movie, yeah, <laughs> the, the what? <laughs> um, yeah, then she's the, she's the fairest in all the land. Yep, and so her evil, evil step queen, step queen. Basically, is tricks her into eating some apples. No, that's much later. Oh, sends sends the woodsman, at star of the Huntsman Winter's War, yep. um, to kill her in the forest. But she's so nice and beautiful that instead he's like, hey, run away or I'll kill you. So she runs mm-hmm. away and she finds some small mining men, lives with them. 
perpetually known as dwarves. They each have one personality trait that defines them, apart from the one who's a doctor. Yep. Lumpy, dumpy, grumpy, stumpy. Stumpy. Uh, Flumpy. Humpy. Oh, no, not humpy. (laughs) And Doc. I was going to say mumpy, but... (laughs) Doc? Yeah. Yeah, you know, he he has a, a DeLorean. Um, and then Uh, and so she lives with the dwarves but then through the magic mirror the step queen is like no she's still alive and beautiful I better turn into a haggard old crone and poison her yeah because she's all like who's the fairest in all the land and the mirror's like well I ain't fucking you yeah really should um she really should learn that beauty is on the inside no it's not fuck off with that she's talking about fairness Uh, so she eats this uh god dang apple falls into an eternal slumber and they put her in a big, beautiful glass coffin. Mm. And, that's and then the a prince the comes and is like, hey, there's a pretty catatonic woman. I'll kiss her. This, this is a pretty... She wakes up. They fall in love. I can't remember. I don't know, somehow in the Disney movie, like the dwarves chase the witch up over a cliff and drop a rock on her or something. <laughs> but I remember I, re- I was listening to an audio book retelling of the story back in school. Mm. And I remember that the, the, the culmination of the story there was... The Snow White and the prince get married, and okay. together they go to a ball that the queen is throwing. Mm-hmm. And seeing Snow White there, alive and beautiful, the queen chokes on her own rage and dies. Huh. Interesting. And all the children are like, yay! yay. That's how you deal with a real asshole in this life. You just wait until they choke on their own rage and die. Yikes. Let's look into the original character briefly. The 1812 fairy tale by the Brothers Grimm. 1812. Tale number 53. 53? I've a lot of fairy tales. Oh my god. Which I think I've got a copy of Grimm fairy tales in the house here somewhere. I could read it on the podcast, but I won't. <laughs> <laughs> Offer uh, granted and rescinded. I could do it as a bonus episode, just recording it in my own time. Yeah, just but you, I probably won't. You just say they'd be like, <clears throat> tale Chapter number one. one. A full actual story. So that I'm bored. Yeah, so broadly similar. How I wish I had a daughter that has skin as white as snow, lips as red as blood, and hair as black as ebony. Is this you or the book? I'll never tell. <laughs> uh, the queen dies and gives birth. Not in that order. Um... <laughs> Sorry, go back. The queen dies and gives birth. Not in that order. Not in that order. So is, is that why the step queen is in charge? Or Yeah. Okay. The queen decides to kill the girl herself. She first appears disguised as an old old peddler and offers Snow White colourful, silky laced bodices. Mm. Laces it up so tight, tightly that she faints, but the dwarves loosen the laces. And they give sells her a comb. Um, it's a very platonic relationship. Yeah. Uh, the comb is poisoned. <laughs> the comb is also cursed. That's bad. But it's revived when they remove the comb from her hair. That's good. They apple. They apple. Um, the apple. She bites the apple and they're unable to revive her. So they put her in the casket. The prince comes along, wakes her up with a beautiful kiss. I, no, hang on. No. After hearing her story from the seven dwarves, the prince is allowed to take Snow White back to her proper resting place back at her father's castle. All of a sudden, while Snow White is being transported, one of the prince's servants trips and loses his balance. This dislodges the piece of poisoned apple from Snow White's throat, magically reviving her. What? So somehow it's like less creepy in the original version. <laughs> it's just more incidental. So it's just so like... then then he declares his love for her and they get married. So it's just like a, hey, I don't know what to do with this lady. Can you just put her somewhere? Yeah, sure. Oh, God, I'm so sorry. Yeah. Oh, 
I saved her. No, I saved her. Now we're getting married. <laughs> That's kind of like into the woods. <laughs> the queen, believing herself to be rid of Snow White, consults the mirror again. Uh, the mirror says there is a bride of a prince who is yet fairer than she. She goes to the wedding to investigate, arrives, becomes frozen with rage and fear when she finds out who the uh, bride is. She tries to sow chaos and attempts to kill her again. Chaos. But the prince Chaos. <laughs> <laughs> it all comes full circle but the prince recognises her as a threat uh, mm. and orders her to wear a pair of red hot iron slippers and to dance in them until she drops dead mm. the end what? <laughs> what? Jesus okay so she just melts to death kinda or ish burns yeah burns feet bad so tell me about the T-1000. <laughs> okay. The T-1000 is a robot from the future. It is not Arnold Schwarzenegger. It's sent to kill John Connor. It is not Arnold Schwarzenegger. It's made of goo. I cannot stress this enough. It is not Arnold Schwarzenegger. It's got a living tissue over a metallic endoskeleton. It's true. Uh, they liquid nitrogen it, don't they? Uh, no, they lava it. Isn't that... Isn't that they, don't they lava the first guy? That they lava... Um... T-800? Yeah. No, no, no. So oh no, because it's it's, um, it's this one where up. he has the thumb, isn't yeah. it? Like, that appears in every video game with lava. Yeah, because they try to liquid nitrogen it, I think, but then it just comes back again. Oh, okay. Maybe, maybe. Um, but then it's like, well, we have to destroy it from the ground up, so we'll have to lava. It's it. like the nemesis from Resident Evil Nemesis. It's just damn hard to kill. Yeah, it's a big undulating lad who's all like blah, 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 blah. breaking news. Today at 1.30pm, Batman has disappeared from all over the world. Who the fuck is Batman? Well, once upon a time, yeah. uh, a young billionaire named Bruce Wayne mm-hmm. was leaving the cinema, or possibly the theatre, mm-hmm. with his parents. Yep. Who was wearing a pearl necklace, might I add? Yep. Both his parents were wearing their favourite pearl yep. necklaces. Yep. Uh, and a, a, a robber murdered them. <gasps> oh my god. So Batman was like, I'm gonna become... Batman. <laughs> and then he did. Is, is that really your best Batman? Yep. That's all I got today. Wow. So he's gone. The whole world is like, uh, Batman? Scientists are speculating whether it's an issue with ink fading and chemical breakdown, but similar incidents are happening to various characters. What? At this point, Anasui is yelling, hey, what's going on? But his voice has become all echoey. What's going on there? Bad audio. And a, <laughs> weather reporters just sitting down, reading the magazine, reading Snow White, and eating a big, delicious golden apple that they found on the floor, <laughs> covered in dwarves. Uh, Anasui's like, "Hey, weather report! Weather report! Weather Pin- report!" And Pinocchio is like, "Hey, who's your favorite? Is it me?" And weather report says, "I'm going to quote him here. Sorry, but I don't know any of you. Now scram, unless you want me to kick you to death." Ah, <laughs> oh, weather report never change. Uh yeah. So. Anas- Weather Report can't see or hear Anasui, uh, and it turns out Anasui's real body has fallen down underneath the wheel of the truck. <gasps> the, the ute. What? Uh, so Weather Report's like, wait a minute, where's Anasui? Hey, old man, stop the car. The car crashes because the old man is also split in two. Um, his body is in the front, but his mind is in the back with them, maybe. Uh, sinister Pope Pinocchio turns his head around and is like, you were my fan, weren't you, back when you were little? And then they crash. Literally the whole truck just crashes into a, a bin or something. A sign, yeah. A sign. And they're all fine. Weather Report creates airbags for them all because he's the most high-value stand user. <laughs> um, and then he's all like, all right, I've got to get Anasui out of here. And Anasui's like, Weather Report, why can't you hear me? And then the old man is like, hey, hey, Anasui, don't forget, don't forget about me, huh? Meanwhile, the seven dwarves are like, where'd the princess go? 
she got thrown towards that burger shop. Let's go. And they leave. <laughs> oh, then some robots fly over her head. One of them is Astro Boy. Okay, we have Astro Boy, who yep. is a... A boy that was made it's by... a robot boy. He's kind of a mega man. He oh. was made by a human scientist to be a robot to... Be, Fight be an innocent. Times, He's kind of a yeah. Pinocchio, if you yeah, think about it. Yeah, he really is just Pinocchio. Yeah. An android young boy with human emotions who was created by Umataro Tenma after the recent death of his son Tobio. Mm. And he has adventures. Uh, there is also Mazinga Z, or Z. Is that the big fat one? No. Oh. That's the sort of Gundam looking one. Yeah. Is it a Gundam? No, it's Mazinga Z. But like, what's it from? It's from Mazinga Z. What? <laughs> what? An enormous super robot constructed with the fictional metal Super Alloy Z, or Z, which is forged from a new element, Japanium. <laughs> Mined from a reservoir found only in the sediment of Mount Fuji in Japan. <gasps> they have to sacrifice Mount Fuji to gain power. Built by P- Professor Juzo Kabuto as a secret weapon against the forces of evil, represented by the mechanical beasts of Dr. Hell. Oh my god. <laughs> who was a German member of a Japanese archaeological team which discovered ruins of a lost pre-Grecian civilization on the island named Bardos, the Mycene Empire. One of their findings was the Mycene used an army of steel titans about 20 metres in height, finding prototypes of those titans underground which could be remote controlled and realising their immense power in the battlefield, Dr. Hell goes insane and has all of the other scientists on his research team killed. Kind of like um, Straitso when they found the Pillar Man. Mm. What is this anime? <laughs> the lone survivor, Professor Kabuto, goes back to Japan and attempts to warn the world of imminent danger, while Dr. Hell establishes his underground headquarters on a mobile island, forming the new underground empire. So Kabuto constructs Mazengazi, or Zed, and manages to finish it just before being killed by a bomb planted by Hell's right-hand person, Baron Ashura, a half-man, half-woman. Okay. <laughs> As he lays dying, he informs his grandson, Koji Kabuto, about the robot and its use. Koji becomes the robot's pilot, and from that point on battles both the continuous mechanical monsters and the sinister henchmen sent by Dr. Hell. Amazing. Dr. Hell. What the fuck? And the third robot... Because I swear I recognised that robot before, but the fat one I definitely know from somewhere. Is Tetsujin 28 Go, or Iron Man number 28. Why do I recognise it? I don't know, Nick. The series centers on the adventures of a young boy named Shotaro Canada, who controls a giant robot named Tetsujin 28, built by his late father. A lot of late fathers in... Well, I mean, after Evangelion and Gundam, there's a lot of... Which were... These were before. Wait, were they? Yeah, this is 1963. Oh, Jesus. Okay. Well, you know... These inspired Gundam and Evangelion. In the final phase of the Pacific War, the Imperial Japanese Army were developing a gigantic robot as the secret weapon to fight against the Allies. However, Japan surrendered before they could complete its construction. After the war, Dr. Canada passed his robot to his son, Shotaro Canada. Hmm. Shotaro Canada. Canada. Oh, know, so not Canada. No, like, like in Akaro, you know? Like Canada. Yeah. Ah, uh, okay. Shotaro is a boy detective famous throughout Tokyo with a giant robot. Oh, God, why? Why is it always boy detectives? <laughs> Who's the villain? Uh, come on, show me, give me a villain. Professor Shutain Franken, a reclusive mad scientist who created the robot Black Ox. He is calm and knowledgeable, but unfortunately uses his talent to create dangerous robots. 
Ooh. In the original version of the 1960s series, his name is Dr. Black Dog. Oh, yikes. Dr. Depression. There is, of course, also Superhuman Kelly, an American man who volunteered himself to be turned into an android as part of a wartime experiment. Huh. Huh. Cool. Nice. I guess they solve murders or something. <laughs> um, in the appearing in this episode, or appearing in Bohemian Rhapsody arc, uh, list I found, mm-hmm. there was also Giant Robo, who may be in the next episode or may have been cut from the anime. Mm. Um, but that is Giant Robo from Giant Robo, The Day the Earth Stood Still. Okay. In which the secret society Big Fire, scheming to conquer her, <laughs> <laughs> is furthering Project GR. Can we, can we start a, um, like, just even something as innocuous as a book club and just call it Big Fire? <laughs> just like, I mean, big, the Big Fire was kind of the villain or secret protagonist of that one other mech thing we watched, wasn't it? Big Fire. The, fi- the firefighter one? Oh, the, the one by, um, not Martha, was it? Or maybe it was Martha. Studio Trigger or something? Yeah, the one that did Gurren Lagann. Oh. Fucking... The Special Investigation uh, Organization of the United Nations mm-hmm. dispatches an agent in Country T to interfere with the plan. What, what is Country T? Oh, it's too far in the future. You wouldn't, you wouldn't understand. Okay, so our protagonist is Daisaku Kusama, a moral teenage Japanese boy who is travelling to T-Nation in order to study. Being an Olympic sharpshooter, he is proficient at wielding firearms. He is calm and collected during battles and often quickly thinks of methods to save the day. And Azuma, the chairman of the Japanese branch of the United Nations organization, sorry, the Special Investigation Organization of the United Nations, he's dedicated to stopping big fires machinations. So we've got this giant robot, um, GR1. Big robo. GR1 is powered by a nuclear engine located in the abdomen. It's armed with a missile launcher in its head, a laser beam emitted from its eyes, and a heat ray cannon on its belt buckle. It also has a minesweeper on its feet. Hmm. It's a bit late at that point. Yeah, it's kind of feeling around like when you think there's something on the ground in the dark. (laughs) The whole episode is like, uh, it's able to manipulate gravity using bolts on its ankles and wrists. Huh. Blah, blah, blah. Hinted to be self-aware. Ooh. Uh, And they seem to just fight. (laughs) Big robots. What happens in the movie adaptation? Oh my God. Oh my God. Look at that poster though. It was like, it was so dramatic. Retro-futuristic setting. Blah, blah, blah. Depletion of oil. Need for nuclear power. The story explores a society completely brought down within the span of one week because of dependency on a single energy source. Hmm. I kind of like that. The most powerful experts form the ruling cadre of the BF group. The Cabal, the Magnificent Ten. (laughs) They swear allegiance to Big Fire, the group's founder and leader, gearing up for a final showdown with the International Police Organization. So they want to bring down the state? I guess. Or something? They want to show it to the man. Seven episodes. Wasn't a movie, it was an OVA. Oh, okay. And I do not have any synopses for any of them. Nice. Go back to the top for me. You want to look at this poster some more? I do want to look at this poster. Look how overly It's like a big it sphinx head made of metal. And then just... And some guys around it's it. It's so fucking... It feels very 90s. 1992 like, to 1998. There you took go. took them six years to make seven episodes. <laughs> Well, they are high quality apps. Yeah, they're about an, you know, 40 minutes to an hour each. Yeah, they're like half a movie. Is there any other characters we're missing from the anime? Not from this episode, I think. Okay, good. Um, Little Red Riding Hood and the Big Bad Wolf do show up. Uh, but let's just take it as ready. We know who they are at this point. Yeah, girl in woods might get eaten by wolf, but doesn't. That's the story. Yeah. Um, 
Anasui murders Pinocchio. <laughs> Just straight up chops off his head. Yep, and he's like, why did you kill me? That's not how the story's meant to go. I'm meant to get 40 gold pieces for giving a fairy all my money. <laughs> um, so... The, the, the I would say Pinocchio's design does look a bit like um, Oingo Boingo drawings. Yes. No, I agree. Drop my phone to some extent. It, it's very unsettling and, and angular. Yeah. Weather report is gone. Uh, the old man who is driving the car is turning into the big bad wolf. Oh, they do kind of a wolf. <laughs> so big that I could just step on anyone. <laughs> I'm so big I could eat you up. I could uh, they they do a variant of the my what big eyes you have stuff. Yeah, in the uh, sense that Anasui's like, hey old man, what the fuck's wrong with yeah. you? <laughs> uh, and then he tries to attack him and Anasui effortlessly decapitates him. <laughs> and, and then he's the, like, the wolf head goes, that's how the story goes. Anasui's like, how the story goes? Story. What it was kind of gross when he's leaping at him and like the wolf underneath is ripping through the human flesh. Mm. So he still has like the human eyes as like a mask yeah. almost, which is kind of fucking awesome. But yes. And then a bus drives by. Which are uh, Anasui's body and Weather Report and Little Red Riding Hood are on and they're driving away and Weather Report's like, in the north, I feel a presence. Pinocchio was only the start. <laughs> to be continued. So strange. So Nick, highlights and lowlights from this very normal episode of JoJo's <laughs> Bizarre Adventure. Um, I think my highlight is going to have to be um, Father Pucci stabbing himself in the neck. Okay. Because that whole sequence I do like, like the whole three omen sequence. Mm, that whole thing feels like a very JoJo's move to be like, no, you idiot. You wanted to stab me, but I wanted to stab myself because I maybe in my head think I'm God or something now. Like, some weird level of like, no, 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 this is how it's meant to go. My highlight mm. is the Seven Dwarves. They're part of an ostensibly hostile stand attack, <laughs> but they're kind of just some bros who are like, <laughs> you want to talk about Terminator? Oh, just, I just love the fact that one of them is literally like, hey, we love Chewbacca. Yeah. Like, he's great. It's like, what else do you add? No, no, no. Chewbacca, we, who is also real now. <laughs> oh, fuck yes. <laughs> what about like, Han Solo. Does Han Solo have a different body? He's or a is, character. It just, is it just Harrison, Harrison Ford? Ford? Um, this is um, potentially some minor copyright infringement. Not uh, that we would ever do such a thing. But I would like to read to you a quick short story. Okay. One second. Now, see, if there's anything I've learned from YouTube after all these years, it's that you can just react to content and you'll be fine. George Lucas was right about Chewbacca. The message came from the stars. Yes, we have dogs that walk upright and have adventures, that are loyal to their bosses, that shoot a crossbow. Vindicate George Lucas, the message said. Forgive him for his indulgences, because he was right about Chewbacca. Forget his failures and remember his success. In expressing fantasies, we hereby reveal to you as simple truths, that there is nothing more seductive to a dog than to sit in the front seat of a spaceship hurtling through the constellations at terrifying speed. That there is nothing more natural than to revere a master. That there is no better tool of discovery than a crossbow. About Chewbacca, he knew this. About his origins, he sensed the faintly glimmering truth. The forest planet. The infinite trees. The one big ape, standing tall, big teeth, yelling like crazy, throat full of marbles, ready to ride. Half dog, half monkey, half person. Big bow with crazy bullets, big ape bandolier. Big dreams of space adventures. Chewbacca. That's the truth of the matter. That's what George Lucas knew. That was from George Lucas was right about Chewbacca by Max Laverne. Is this the guy that you like who writes a lot of short form? Content? Yeah. 
But it's all He also created like the Spider's George meme. Yeah, so okay. Spider's George. I've heard a lot about Spider's George ever since you guys were talking about Spider's George on our uh on our cheeky Discord. He also has another one about Chewbacca that I should quickly share. Oh, do it. Do it. This one is untitled. <gasps> untitled. Chewbacca shoots himself with his crossbow when it wipes out his memories of space and spaceships. He hates the noise. He runs off to the forest. He lives in a cave and tries to learn how to be normal again, but he can't. Then one day he catches his reflection in the stream. I'm a dog, he realises. I can just eat raw meat and be happy. I don't need to relate to aliens, but it's too late for that. You can't just wish a new truth on yourself. You can try all you like, and he certainly does. Mm, wise. <laughs> so wise. So Sorry, wise. you were saying. Um, yeah, Spider's George. Yeah. So he's the, sti- he's the statistical anomaly. Yeah. That shouldn't exist. That bumps us from not eating any spiders. To whatever that factoid is. That's yeah. true. Yeah. But where does all the weird Spider's George memery come from? Then? From the internet. But like... A Just lot of... iterations on the same joke over and over again. That's oh, what the okay. internet does. Oh, okay. Because I saw one that was like, Jaw, George. And then it was like a kid with a big jaw. Okay, I don't understand what that means. Neither do I. My low light... <laughs> um... I don't like the way the old man's cracking open mouth looks when it's turning into wolf face. Oh, but that's one of the best bits. It's so like, eh, I'm going you know, to get you. I, you know I'm sensitive to body horror. That's true. That is true. My low light is probably going to be, um, I want to say that my low light is just going to have to be like Pinocchio being so fucking weird. Fucking Pinocchio. He got like, what was coming to him. Like, I'm glad that he's dead forever. In like, all iterations. Yeah, like, it's it's just like a very comical bit where he first shows up and I'm like, oh, this is tonally very odd. Mm. I'm like, oh, I'm very off-put by this. I don't know, that's, that's all I got. Otherwise, as an episode, actually kind of, you know, pretty good. Oh, phenomenal. But, phenomenal bit of JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. Know, it's Bohemian Rhapsody. It's a great time. So, Nick. Yes. Fictional characters are coming to life and uh, bamboozling Anasui and Weather Report. All over the world. Anasui has been separated from his human body due to his recognition and love of childlike characters. Weather Report seems immune so far due to his lack of recognition of childlike characters due to his amnesia. Mm. Uh, Pucci's heading towards Cape Canaveral. Jolene's in hot pursuit. The boys are in hot pursuit of Jolene. What will happen next time on JoJo's Bizarre Adventure, Part 6, Stone Ocean, in Bohemian Rhapsody, Part 2. So, I don't think we're going to see Jolene and Ernest. Ever again. Well, at least for the next episode. Because this this feels like they kind of were like, oh, we're just going to go now. Yeah. And now they're going. With Emporio. With Emporio. On a bus, maybe. On the grass. Um, so, they're off. I don't think we're going to see them, but we are going to see Anasui and Weather Report be like, where's the user? Where's that damn user? And then we'll converge with them. Oh, okay. So then after we deal with this whole threat, we'll be like, ah, and that'll be the end of the episode. And how will they defeat Bohemian Rhapsody? Oh, we haven't talked about Bohemian Rhapsody, the music yet. We all, you all know what it is. Maybe we'll um, we'll do that next, next yeah, time. Sure. It's going to be equally as conceptually loaded next time. <laughs> so what is a Bohemian? Oh, Nick. Yeah, okay, committing to covering Bohemian Rhapsody next episode. Yeah, and the intro. Yes. And the rest of the episode. Yes. Which promises to be fucking crazy. Um, I'm just trying to think what other characters they could get away with actually pulling in. Because there's going to be more. So they couldn't do Disney. They, they skirted Disney. by doing 
and, and most of these were in the original manga, but mm. they skirted doing Disney characters by doing the public domain Grimm's fairy tale versions of those characters. Yep. Um, oh. Batman and replaced Mickey, Na- Mickey Mouse. Well, not replaced, but well, in, in the said. manga. Oh, um, okay. It was like, Mickey Mouse has disappeared. Right, gotcha. And the T-1000, obviously, as memorable as any other Disney character. Well, Nick, I actually have to re- correct you on that. <gasps> because in, in, I've got me. a manga anime difference here that I didn't deem sufficiently interesting earlier. Don't tell me the T-1000 is part of the manga. <laughs> in the manga, one of the dwarves calls himself a fan of the T-2000, which is non-existent. In the manga. The T-2000. Yeah, that definitely does. As a big Terminator lore fan, <laughs> the T-2000 definitely doesn't exist, right? Right? It's like T-800, T-1000. I'm not really a Terminator guy. T-14. A humorous moment of whether learning how to operate a sink is removed. <laughs> how did he live in the prison <laughs> without learning how to use a sink? Um, <laughs> fucking Jesus. Uh, yeah, but okay. So they'll probably show up to a library okay go on so if they or because like i'm thinking maybe the place that he's safest is where he has access to a lot of like books and fairy tales stuff so a library a video store um anything like that maybe where there's a lot of things that can come off the pages of books is he gonna recruit some squad yeah 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 he's gonna be all like hey yo fam Come get that drip, and then... I've summoned all of fiction's greatest heroes to help me track down the stand user. Here's Sherlock Holmes. <laughs> he comes out, he's like, right, my homeless I've network... I've deduced will... the location of the uh, the stand user based on the fact that uh, all fictional characters seem to be emanating from... Mm. But, like, okay, so... I can also tell that he's a drug addict based on his general demeanour. So the thing is... As I, too, am a drug addict. That that part of it, I'm like, okay, he they'll end up converging at the end of it, surely. Um, but then Poochie's off, sweating like a hog. <laughs> so sweaty. Uh, heading to the Kennedy Space Centre. But then I don't whole... think hogs sweat. That's why sure. they lay in mud to cool themselves. Are you sure? Anyway, Hey, I reckon... Google, do hogs sweat? <laughs> hogs sweat cafe. No, they don't. that was my best attempt at a, at a Google. Well, you were putting your hand over your mouth. So and no speaking, one will hear yeah, it. Away from the microphone. <laughs> Pigs really don't sweat. Not much anyway. Aha! Uh-huh. So they kind of do. Pigs have sweat glands, but regulate their body temperature in other ways. Mm, same. I'm seeing a lot of contradictory information here. Pigs do not sweat. No, no, no. Pigs will sweat, but much like humans sweat, we just turn on an air conditioner. Except a pig's air conditioner. Uh, they don't, they don't have enough sweat glands relative to their size. Ah, okay. So then they get in that mud and let mm. that evaporation sweat. Like water. a hog in a pearl. Yeah, boy. Um, so, yeah, Poochie's whole omen thing, I'm not sure if that's going to show up. I mean, that's, yeah. that's shown up. No, 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 no. But the whole three things, yeah. it hasn't really explained itself yet. Like, I don't know what's going on with the three. You got those three guys. <laughs> what do you mean the three guys? What? What are you talking about? The three guys on the ambulance stretches? Yeah. He got them. What do you mean he got them? He got the guy he was talking to with the, the scissors. Yeah. He turned him into a stand user. Uh, so he started glowing the green energy. Yeah. And he was like, don't you know who your father is? Yeah, but I mean, we haven't seen what the all... So him turning him into a stand user is pretty normal, right? Because yeah. he's been doing that the whole time. But the whole threes thing... There was three guys. Yeah, there's three guys, yeah. 
this guy's porridge is too hot. <laughs> but like, surely there's more to it than he shows up at a hospital, sees three guys and goes, oh, I'll take them. The omens were indicating the three guys that were going to be there. Uh, okay. That's a... This stretches too big. <laughs> this is... This feels like not These enough payoff. are too blunt. It feels like not enough payoff for threes. Threes keep showing up. What does it mean? It's like, oh, there's just three dudes at the hospital. Oh, three okay. dudes of significance, Nick. He had the birthmark. Oh, that guy had the birthmark. Yeah. Yeah. But that's just one guy. You, I, I'm begging you to extrapolate a bit here. Ugh. So there's... Okay, anyway. Point being... There's got to be more to it, but I don't know what it is. Okay, I'm telling you now there's not. Damn it! I mean, there's, there's, there's the reason they were there. Yeah, is because gravity. Who do you think their father is? It's a question for the ages. <laughs> oh, fuck you. It, it can't be Dio. It can't be Why Dio. not? I mean, it could be Dio, depending on their age. Do you remember how, how many times I told you that, oh, in part six, there's this bit where it would have made so much sense for Jorno to show up, but he doesn't. No. <laughs> well, you'll find out about how they defeat all the fictional characters in the world <laughs> and more next time on JoJo's World. If you'd like to support us on patreon.com slash JoJo's World, you can. Or review us on the podcast service of your choice and tell a friend to listen to this very normal and well-structured <laughs> podcast. Stranger of Paradise. Final Fantasy Origin, available now on Steam. Um, against the Storm, also pretty good. I don't know what that is. Uh, it's an RTS roguelike kind no of thing. No interest to me. And with that, I refuse to discuss it. <laughs> to be continued.